0: Welcome to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Lees, a
1: conversation for those who own, manage or protect intellectual property. Hello, I'm Beverly Robinson. I'm a senior associate and trademark attorney at Appleyard Lees. And today I'm joined by my fellow trademark attorney and associate, Hannah Burroughs. So this episode comes ahead of Apple Lee's sponsorship of the Northern Fashion Week, which is taking place from the 14th till the 16th of July in Manchester. And today, Hannah and myself are going to look at some of the current intellectual property or IP challenges that fashion brands face, and we're going to discuss when a fashion brands should consider updating their IP protection. So it's great talking to you today, Hannah. I'm really looking forward to attending the Northern Fashion Week event. And I understand that you're going to be hosting a range of panel discussions during the event. And what kind of things are you going to be talking about?
0: Yeah, hi, Beverly. I'm very much excited to be participating in Northern Fashion Week. Um, We have got some exciting topics to be talking about at the event. So I'm hosting a panel session on each of the three days. The first day is um, discussing what to think about when launching a brand. On the second day, we're looking into a snapshot of the current trends in the luxury sector. And then on the Sunday, we'll be looking at fashion brands adapting to a modern marketplace. So We'll be looking at topics such as diversity and inclusion and also tackling counterfeits. So very interesting topics and we'll be touching on a bit of these themes today in our discussion, really.
1: That sounds great. It certainly sounds like you're covering kind of a lot of different areas. There's just so much to think about, isn't there, when it comes to IP and the fashion industry? I think given the innovative nature of the fashion industry, particularly at the moment, Mm. and kind of the constant development of new trends, it just means that IP protection plays such an important part in the fashion industry. So, should we talk about what what is new in fashion at the moment? What what are the key trends?
0: So, what one thing that comes to mind to me is it bags. So, if anyone's not familiar with it bags, the designer best selling bags um, are very popular. And so there's um, some fashion brands which are bringing old old designs back and, and revamping them. So one that comes to mind to me is the the Fendi baguette bag um, that reached its fame, if anyone remembers, in uh, Sex and the City with uh, Carrie Bradshaw's character. Um so sort of back in the 90s, that bag became popular. And Sex in the City have brought back a, a reboot. I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen it, Beverly. Um, I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely
1: brilliant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, called and, and just like that, I believe, with that reboot coming back, so did the bag. The bag came back, and and you're seeing uh, Fendi doing adding new new bits to the the baguette bag and then people buying it again. So um
1: Yeah, and I know that um, Prada as well recently launched the re-edition designs, didn't they? Which, again, it's kind of like a modern interpretation of classic shapes, um, but kind of like in in this instance, they're using more innovative and more sustainable fabrics. So it's no design, but kind of bringing it into today's world. Um, And I think that's really important when looking at IP protection is, Fashion designers and brands often have their old classic designs protected. But then as they're bringing out these newer versions, they need to think about what needs to be protected in addition to that kind of the new elements and and how the designs have changed.
0: Yeah, so there's there's various ways of looking at protecting these. So with the baguette bag, for example, um Fendi looked at um they protected it through a 3D um trademark, three D shape mark. So that option's available to to designers. And um, there's also designs themselves. Um that that's often a forgotten about IP, right? And um in the UK at least it's um a relatively cheap way of protecting designs for um new features
1: so that's also another option i think that's it isn't it? there's so much to think about when it comes to um items of fashion you know there's there's obviously the kind of traditional trademarks when you're looking at the house brands and um, then it's thinking about kind of the more non-traditional ones like potentially colors um shapes yeah. as you've said um, there's even position marks now, isn't there? Um, yeah. Things like that to think about, um, and it's it's those kind of things in the fashion industry um, that give designers the competitive edge and what what makes something attractive. So it's really important that those are protected.
0: And there's also things like bag names themselves. Um, you know, Louis Vuitton's protected the Neverfull, Keepall, um, you know, some of their best-selling bags and protected those bag names themselves. So that's also another thing to think about for designers and um, creators and fashion, fashion yeah. brands.
1: Yeah, and when it comes to designs as well, um, designers have to be really savvy at the outset because we're talking about kind of um, classic designs and having the protection in place. But of course, if that's not done at the beginning, that opportunity can be lost. You know, it's really important to kind of get that design protection in um, whilst it's novel and whilst it's new in the market.
0: There's also um, trends in um, fashion brands launching in the metaverse as well. Um, and the issue at the moment to do with virtual goods versus physical goods and to, again, look at your um, existing trademark protection. Because if you are launching in the metaverse, in gaming platforms as well, you know, skins for um you know, your characters in, 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 in the gaming space to have a look and ensure that you have protected virtual goods as well and virtual clothing and things like that, because your traditional, you know, class 25 covering clothing may not necessarily cover clothing in um, virtual um, spaces as well.
1: So something else um, that's quite unique to the fashion industry and we're starting to see a lot of is is vintage items are really popular at the moment, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. On the secondhand marketplace is, is booming, isn't it? With um, platforms like Depop, Vinted, um, eBay. I know
1: they've got a collaboration with Love Island. So that's another thing for fashion brands to think about is whilst they need to make sure that they're updating their new logos and their updated logos, they also need to kind of keep protection um, in their vintage logos um, and their historical ones as well.
0: Because it's essentially they're still using the marks on the marketplace, aren't they? By um, you know resellers selling their products and um, people buying and 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 wearing them. A lot of um, luxury brands are now moving towards more simplified fonts with their logos, aren't they? Um, I know Burberry uh, have recently done a more simplified font with their, their new creative director Daniel Lee, who's. Um, from Yorkshire so um, you know <laughs> representing the north which we love to see and then there's like Gucci so they had more stylized fonts as as you know their logo and they're moving towards simplified fonts as well so there seems to be a, a trend at the moment actually moving from more as you call it fanciful logos to more simplified stripped back um, fonts for a presumably more cleaner look maybe yeah. Um with, as you were saying you know it's important to protect old logos as well on the vintage marketplace but also new ones we we recommend to, to clients that you protect the word mark first because that provides a broader scope of protection um and you know these fanciful logos with distinctive colorways or um stylized fonts there's there's benefits in protecting those as well as the way that they're being used um as opposed to a question surrounding if these new logos are so simplified whether it adds any additional protection compared to, you know, a plain word mark. um, There's obviously merits in in doing that, I'd say, with protecting something in the exact form that it's used for enforcement purposes and, um, you know, at least in the UK, a trademark becomes vulnerable to cancellation on grounds of non-use after five years. So um, to demonstrate genuine use, it's arguable that protecting it in the exact form that it's registered you won't uh, or at least minimize those kind of issues
1: yeah i agree and i think sometimes um even a really really simplistic logos um you get third parties trying to take kind of advantage of the style Mm. and the layout of them so they will perhaps um try and style a different word in the same way to try and get around that and make the mark different yeah um so if you do have um protection in place for the the simplified logo and um, mm-hmm. then it, then it's just an additional layer of protection isn't it and um, yeah to rely on. and i think that's really important for um, any brand owner to remember is ip is about building up kind of this armor of different layers of protection and, and trying to make the most out of it as to what's available and uh, i
0: think particularly with with logos that maybe have more going on with more stylization and device elements there's also merits in maybe dissecting some of those those elements and protecting those separately as well as together.
1: Another big area at the moment, obviously, in the fashion world is sustainability. Um, and we can see that brands are really diversifying their goods and services um, to cater for this consumer demand and the growing importance that sustainability plays um, in consumer purchasing decisions. So I've noticed that many fashion brands have started promoting the extended life of existing articles and they're offering services, aren't they? Such as upcycling services, rental and repair services, something that we've not really seen as much in the past. They're really moving into these new areas.
0: Yeah, because I think... People probably used to tend to think of rental as being more formal wear pieces and, uh, you know, for weddings and things like that. But now we're moving towards more just everyday clothes are being rented. I mean, I've seen even on some of these platforms, pyjamas, Even (laughs) it's even possible to rent those in like major department stores, you know, like Harvey Nichols, um, Selfridges, either offering their own rental platform services or collaborating with um, third parties. I know recently uh, Selfridges in Manchester, they did um, a swap shop with Lonehood, which is a rental platform. And so we're seeing, you know, luxury retailers getting involved in sustainable initiatives,
1: which is great to see. That is really great to see. Um, The latest figures are suggesting, um, I think it's estimated now that about 25% um, of consumers' wardrobes are resale items, um, Mm. which is a, a really big move,
0: isn't it, into that area? I mean, I, I've always kind of shopped secondhand fashion, you know, and charity shops and things like that. And I remember when I was doing it when I was younger, I used to get some, ge- well, I still do get some gems from there. And now it's, um, I think
1: the stigma has gone and
0: it's yeah, becoming tre-
1: trendy. And-, and I think when it comes to kind of these expansions, brands that they're, they're entering these partnerships, and they just need to be careful who they're working with basically because it obviously reflects their values um, and the the value of their brand and also they need to make sure that kind of the correct um, protection is in place but also any provisions such as kind of license agreements if there's any kind of co-branding going on we need to think about who the ownership of the brand lies with, how the, the brand should be used. Um, there's kind of all them elements of IP that come into consideration then, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really important factor. And also... Um, brands need to think about when they're expanding into these these areas that their existing trademark protection actually covers those services so you know a lot of retailers or um, shops might have class 35 which covers retail services but maybe doesn't cover these extended services you know rental repair services restoration services things like that so it's also a good time to probably have a look at your existing protection and and having a look to see whether that needs updating as well.
1: Yeah, and there's been um, a real increase in um, fashion trademarks covering um, services relating to promoting public interest and awareness and sustainability, because that's kind of a role that's considered to be quite important now is that they're sending this message out and encouraging consumers um, to think about it as well when they're making their purchases. That's another area of services that um, needs to be thought about when seeking protection as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean some brands like back to when we were talking about Prada, Prada's nylon bag, the Re-Nylon bag and uh, they've protected, you know, the logo for the Re-Nylon initiative and so brands are also looking at you know protecting the logo for these sustainable whether it's sub brands on on new products as well so that's another element that um, brands can ever think about and um try and protect
1: yeah so the louis vuitton monogram that's been restyled into a recycling symbol as well it, has. it much in the yeah. same way um as the prada one has and also valentina and i think that's what really needs to be borne in mind is that branding can help to convey that messaging and that investment that um fashion designers are making into sustainability these efforts that they are um, investing in can really really show through branding and that's how you get the message across to consumers so not only does a brand allow consumers to identify where items originate from but it embraces a set of values and attributes as well So I know that studies have shown, for example, that consumers might attribute certain colours to sustainability. And I think fashion brands are kind of really linking that in with these new logos that they're coming up with um, and protecting as well.
0: And I think it's important for for brands to um, just ensure that there's the hot topic of greenwashing and a lot of a lot of brands have fallen sort of foul of those, those provisions as well. Um, and so it's just to ensure that if you are making sustainable claims that you've got sort of evidence to back that up um, so that you um, convey the the correct message to consumers.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's been taken a lot more seriously now, isn't it? I think in the yeah. past um, it was... Um, Perhaps easier for people to make certain claims, and yeah. uh, not necessarily be true. Where it's it, it's a lot more kind of monitored now, so that's that's obviously good. I know that historically, kind of design rights haven't really sometimes registered design rights haven't been necessarily attractive to the fashion industry, just because of how fast paced it is mm-hmm. um, and how quickly items move on from each other. But I guess with this kind of new focus on lengthening the life cycle of fashion items, design registrations is becoming more attractive and is potentially more benefit. Um, and I really think that designers and brand owners should, should think about design protection. It obviously offers much stronger protection than unregistered designs. And like you said, Hannah, um, particularly in the UK and the EU, it's, it's so cost effective and really quick to get kind of registered design protection in place.
0: Yeah, because designs can, can last up to 25 years. So it's a, a, a good length of time. And particularly, as you say, with extending life cycles of, of products, um, it, it's definitely a good one to think about. Um, I think in the UK, you can register up to 50 designs in one application, which is really beneficial and, as you say, cost effective.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's um, one of the challenges for um fashion industry is it it's not necessarily known at the beginning what is going to become the classic designs and what um protection might be needed for so i think the the safe thing to do is protect as many designs as possible at the outset yeah Um, and having this cost effective and really easy method of getting registration allows that to happen more easily and i think some Fashion designers and brands are uh, sometimes concerned about um filing for registered design protection because of disclosure and they don't want it to be in the mm-hmm. public domain but there is of course kind of deferment procedures in place so we can um, avoid any issues arising from that and there's certain things, strategies that we can take to avoid those issues
0: yeah, and definitely coming back to the timing issue, you know a lot of um, designs are exhibited at Fashion shows such as London Fashion Week um, and, and throughout Europe, those fashion weeks as well. Um, and so it's a good idea to look at protecting before you disclose that to the to the public. And I know since COVID, you know, we've gone into like hybrid fashion, fashion shows. So there's been issues of disclosure there where you are exhibiting your designs online as well as in person and so there's there's been i think some discussion points around um you know when you're exhibiting online where is the first disclosure because you're disclosing it to the entire world it's difficult to tell where the first disclosure has has happened
1: so it's great talking to you today, Hannah. I'm really looking forward to attending the Northern Fashion Week event. Yeah, I can't wait
0: for Northern Fashion Week. It's a really great um, event to be involved in. It would be great if um, people are available to come join in on the event. Thanks for listening to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Lees. If you have a question or issue you would like our IP specialists to discuss on the podcast, then tweet us at Lees or email us at ip at